Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have honest, soulful, candid conversations about every facet of human sexuality. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com for all that we have to offer you. The full podcast archive, over 300 episodes and counting, beautifully sorted in a sex index, I might add. So you can quickly find what you're looking for. You'll find our online courses, which are all on sale until the end of the calendar year. Use the code JOY for 33% off the online course of your choice. And go to pleasuremechanics.com slash free to sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials. If you are not yet in The Erotic Essentials with us, what are you waiting for? Pleasuremechanics.com slash free to get started. Big love and thanks to our sponsor for this episode, cloneawilly.com. Clonawilly.com offers DIY at-home kits so you can make a beautiful silicone replica of your favorite genitals. Go to clonawilly.com and use the code PLEASURE for 20% off your entire order. Again, that's clonawilly.com. Use the code PLEASURE for 20% off. We'll tell you a little bit more about Clonawilly's offerings later on in the show. All right, this show is a fun one. It's an interesting one. We are going to be talking about cannabis and sexuality. Cannabis, marijuana, weed, reefer. I think that covers it. Um, all of the ways that these two realms intersect. And we are living right now in the United States where about half of the United States population now lives in a recreational legal state or adjacent to right like these are now very accessible products we are in a moment of great social change about the conversation around marijuana and we want to talk about it so wherever you fall on the spectrum you might be like me a lifetime user of marijuana and i will talk more about my relationship to pot later on in the show or you might totally be afraid of marijuana and think legalization is a terrible idea and is a gateway to hard drugs and you might know people whose lives have been lost to marijuana right like this is a moment to examine as soon as i tell you the topic how are you feeling about this conversation because marijuana is it's not sex but like sex it can trigger all sorts of emotional feelings we all have different perspectives and most of these perspectives are culturally taught you have been taught something about pot in your life by your school the anti-drug programs you were given just like your sex education in school what kind of drug education were you given and what did they say about pot Did you ever see adults using marijuana in your life? And then compare those messages to the messages you received about alcohol. Because our culture tells a very different story about fermented grapes and alcohol and fermented potatoes and, right, like liquor and wine and beer are so normalized in our culture that you probably have a very different understanding of what it means to have a drink of wine and have sex than we do of getting high and having sex. 
And we've had one conversation way more frequently than we have had the other. So we're starting this conversation about marijuana and sex. We're going to lay it all out, including how it works in the body, the difference between CBD and THC. Um, You are going to start hearing these terms and seeing these terms and being marketed these terms. Um, We are now in the age of legalized marijuana. So let's talk about it. Let's educate ourselves and let's explore our options. Yeah? Love it. Love it. Okay. This is an area that Chris has a lot of knowledge and passion um, <laughs> Way to name it. From <laughs> an experience. Hmm. Um, and As do you. I have less, let's be clear. So I am excited to learn. To hmm. You have geeked out on pot way less than I have. Yes. Although you have partaken yes. for quite... So, okay. So I we... am a one-hit wonder. When did you first have your first marijuana? Um, college. Uh-huh. College. Because I lived in England. I grew up in high school in England, so we went to pubs. Alcohol was very available mm. uh, in a different way culturally than in the States. Right. It was just like you have a few beers. Drinking. Yeah. Yeah. You hang out and have a few beers. Um, it's quite chill. Uh-huh. It's not like vodka that you're secretly getting because you're again, underage. Which notice yeah. that cultural context changes your relationship to this intoxicant. Yeah. And so when we talk about the sex culture, sometimes that feels abstract. But notice here how Charlotte growing up in a different place, and this is your class, your race, your geography, what work your parents do, who else is in your household as a child, your culture shapes you and shapes us right and we shape our culture so just zooming out and then zooming back in. yeah because the legal age in england for drinking is 18 so as a 16 year old you can go in pubs okay. much more easily than 21 here yeah. and so you came over to the states for college you went to wesleyan university in connecticut and started smoking pot i mean lightly it was uh-huh. still very once in a while okay. it was really after college that i enjoyed it more regularly but for me, it's a very private experience. I do this only in my home or in nature um, once in a while. Um, it's not it's not a very often thing, but I really enjoy it when I do. So let's just start there. We'll get into all of the conversation about the science of it and the products and all mm. that. But when you inhale pot, yeah. what do you experience in your body? I, <laughs> I just want to stretch and dance. <laughs> Every time. It's amazing. I just If want... we're at a party and someone offers Charlotte Pot, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I don't. I don't because they go kind of nonverbal uh-huh. and not not like in a scary way, just uh-huh. as in I just want to be quiet and move. You'll find a quiet corner, get down on the ground and start stretching and breathing and just sinking into your and you get this smile on your face. It's this very like blissful, <laughs> quiet smile, and you just start stretching. I call it the one hit wonder stretch drug for you. Totally. And yeah. then I and then I want to do massage, solo mm-hmm. or partnered. It's just a whole body thing right. for me. And I it's so I don't do it around other people. I just do it privately in my home yeah. at night. You know. If we're with friends you feel really like safe with and we're having a cozy night of a sleepover with adult friends. It's like really you know, old if a friend friends. is traveling through yeah, fair. we'll all get a little high and you'll kind of stretch and cuddle up with friends and talk a little bit. But you do actually go nonverbal, so Whereas I, so I started smoking in middle school. So 13 was my first exposure. Um, And it felt like a lifeline. So I was in a very traumatic household, a very um, violent childhood. And my body was a place of 
hurt and violence and fear, right? And what I now understand, I didn't have the language at the time of persistent developmental childhood trauma. So my childhood home itself was not a safe space, right? Um, so therefore my body never was. Um, and so I was hanging out with this group of adults and we went to the folk festival and that's the first time I saw adults use marijuana. And the first year I went, they didn't allow me to partake. And I watched a group of adults get high, play music together and sing. And no one was fighting. No one was yelling at each other. And I was like, whoa, something else is possible. And pretty soon after that, you know, as a 13 year old, and I was very precocious, I found a way to sneak off, get high and start having sex, of course. Um, but this is such a bigger conversation. But I loved marijuana in a way I never loved alcohol. And alcohol was the drug around me, right? I was a child of grandchild of alcoholics. The adults using alcohol were the ones that were out of control and violent in my life. I never liked drinking alcohol. I now know that I'm kind of allergic to it. I loved getting high. And so I smoked not that much in high school. Like it was hard to find. It would be a whole adventure to find a bag of weed and then we'd share it amongst like 20 friends, you know? So it was like a joint in the woods and it was like the victory of a big quest, right? That was my relationship to it. And then in college, when it became more available, um, my bong lived on my lap and my roommate called it my third lung. Meanwhile, I was like running 10 clubs, getting straight A's, graduating with high honors. Um, so I'm a very high performing, high functioning, but high volume marijuana user. Meanwhile, my sister was a heroin user. So other, another part of the context of my story was when my sister was a teenager, she started using heroin and her addiction was like a major framing story and a major scary story of my childhood. And so while I kind of, you know, I used mushrooms once in a while, I was scared about drugs, but pot was always safe. It was something my friends and I shared and it was always a really like beautiful experience. Um, so I love marijuana. I've always loved marijuana. We are now in a cultural climate. And so just take a moment here. Like, so Charlotte and I just talked about our stories with marijuana. What is your story with marijuana? Like, have you ever seen it? Who in your life has used it? What is the story that has been told? Do you think it's a safe drug or a scary drug? Is it a gateway drug to other harder things? Um, and just notice that. What is your cultural position on the topic of marijuana? And then what's your desire for it? Like when I talk about this, you're like, oh, it would be so fun to get high with my wife. Or does that sound really scary to you? So just locate yourself. So we've located your position within marijuana. Now let's zoom out what's happening on the cultural level. So all throughout, okay, so there's a huge history lesson here. I'm not going to go too deep into that. Marijuana has a several thousand year history of use as a medicinal plant. Very rarely was it smoked. It did not look like the marijuana we have today. It was a weed that was used as like folk medicine. It was in salves and tinctures um, and used by the midwives and the you know traditional healers all around the world. Cannabis medicine has existed and we call it weed now because it really used to be a mountain weed. The plant ancestors of the marijuana we now cultivate 
um, and have transformed just like we've transformed the tomato, right? A thousand years ago, tomatoes did not look like that. Okay, so it's been used for thousands of years. It was deliberately criminalized and um, social hysteria propaganda created around it in some very racist ways, the whole reefer madness thing. It had a lot to do with the Mexican border and shutting down that border and trade. Um, but it also had a lot to do with the social control and effects of different drugs. Like why are some drugs almost um, promoted? Why is alcohol so celebrated, so available, so woven into our holidays and our culture, despite the evidence right? The drunk driving evidence, the disease evidence, the behavioral evidence. Um, why is alcohol so available and pot has been criminalized and psychedelic drugs have been criminalized? We have to stop and ask ourselves, what is the function of that? Um, the archaeological evidence goes back a few thousand years. We know probably it was going on thousands of years before that. So plant women, midwives, it was often a female trade, were gathering plants from the wild and using them to heal one another. Cannabis, it turns out, and we now have the science of this, is an incredibly healing plant that works with one of the body's native systems called the endocannabinoid system to decrease inflammation as a pain relief, um, it increases blood flow. We're just starting to map all of the medicinal qualities of this, but for thousands of years, pot, cannabis, was being put into medicine and applied to people's bodies. This was criminalized in like the 1900s, and we now are at the cultural crossroads where it goes from marijuana is illegal and will put you in jail. And there's a whole other conversation about all the black and brown men that have been put in jail for pot crimes. In college, as I was, you know, smoking pot every day, I also worked at a prison and would go, not worked, I shouldn't even say, I visited a prison. I was honored to be visiting and witnessing a federal maximum security prison and all these men my age were locked up for having as much weed as I did back in my dorm room. Privilege, that was privilege. privilege and awareness 101. And I was forever changed by that image and we all should visit a prison. Okay. Back to pot, but this is a relevant conversation because where we are now is many huge population states, California, Oregon, Washington State, Massachusetts, all of Canada just made pot legal. So in the past five to 10 years, um, the efforts of activists, so during the AIDS crisis, this would also be named medical marijuana started um, an activism campaign to reclaim marijuana as a people's medicine. And this was very much connected to the AIDS hospice care movement. And then with cancer awareness rising, people started saying, hey, this works as medicine and why is it illegal? Why do I have to break a law to get access to medicine that helps me so much, that helps my grandmother with Alzheimer's and seizures? And right, we started, and through social media, documenting the fact that this was such powerful medicine for so many people. And movements around this cropped up all across the country, all around the world. And these efforts have now brought us to the fact that we have all of these states and now Canada as a country where pot is legal. Pot is legal, and when you go and visit, when we saw my sister in Portland recently, there are pot stores next to every liquor store. 
Like there are that many of them in these small towns you drive through and it's, you know, supermarket, drugstore, liquor store, medical marijuana dispensary, and now recreational dispensary. So you can walk in a store. So forget the image of having to like break the law and call your guy and which, you know, I kind of miss those adventures through the city at night with my friends, but you now walk into a store and there are shelves upon shelves of marijuana products. So here's what you need to know about pot and the two major compounds that work in marijuana and then how to apply them to your sex life. Okay, so the two major pieces of marijuana to be aware of are THC and CBD. And these are abbreviations for the two major compounds that this plant offers us. These compounds both interact with your endocannabinoid system. So endo means in your body already. So it is native to the human body. It's already active in you. And just like we have, you can think about this, we have a native painkilling system, right? We have neurotransmitters and our body can produce a chemical to reduce pain. Your body has this other system, the endocannabinoid system, and this relates to things like pleasure, inflammation, memory, mood, appetite. It's a very kind of mysterious system that we're just starting to map. It relates to every cell in your body. It's activated by breastfeeding. Um, we make native cannabinoid compounds when we do things like running, that running high we talk about, that bliss compound, um, and I'm going to butcher it, but anandamine, anandamine um, which in our research for this, the, the root of that word is a Sanskrit word for joy and bliss. So it's called the bliss compound. That runner's high bliss feeling that we are as humans capable of is what this system is responsible for. And yet it also interacts with things like inflammation and blood flow, right? It's this very um, pervasive system all throughout our body, which is why getting high is this full body, full mood experience. Okay. So we have this system. This plant offers us two compounds. We can now isolate these compounds. And so you can buy THC or CBD. So CBD plugs into this neuroreceptor in a way that gives you all of the relaxation, the anti-anxiety effects, the pain relieving effects, and it does not get you high. Right, I'll repeat that. So it gives you that body relaxation, but it doesn't make you mentally high and euphoric. THC, THC is what gets you the mental high, the euphoria, and sometimes the paranoia that comes with being high. So that image of a stoner being kind of like, hey, what? What are you saying? Like, oh, what, man? <laughs> That's funny, dude. Like that <laughs> mental high we associate with pot is the THC. So CBD can be taken out of hemp. So industrial hemp that's used for hemp seed in your smoothie, that's used for rope. That was one of the major cash crops of colonial United States. Hemp is an incredibly versatile plant. Um, hemp is legal in all 50 states. Therefore, CBD that can be isolated from hemp plants are legal in all 50 states. So we all have access to CBD products. 
And now in the legal states, we have access to CBD and THC and all of the different blends. Um, we can also geek out on terpenes and I'll just be brief here. So terpenes, so CBD and THC are the main compounds. So think of those as like the big menu you're going to choose from to choose your experience with this drug. And we'll get to this, but that's where we are now is that you can kind of choose your own adventure and use the best of these plants abilities for what your body needs. Um, so in the background are terpenes and terpenes are the plant compounds that give plants their smell and flavor and some say other properties. So think of the smell of a lemon. That lemon smell is a terpene that's going into your sinuses, reacting in your nose and smelling like lemon. And then think, have you ever smelled anything else that has smelled like lemon, but was not a lemon? Lemon verbena, lemon balm. There's a whole family of plants that smell like lemon when you rub their leaves. Do you know what I mean? That is that same lemon terpene in those other plants. Lavender. If you can smell lavender, that is a terpene. And that smell of lavender appears in other plants. These terpenes are responsible for the scent and fragrance that plants offer us. Those who are into aromatherapy, and even if you think of in your body, how do you feel when you smell a lavender plant versus a lemon? Many believe that lemons and the terpenes in lemons wake us up, make us feel happy, cheerful. They're invigorating. They're refreshing. They're used in cleaning products. They have antimicrobial properties, it turns out. Whereas lavender terpenes are relaxing and soothing and calming. And science is now catching up, of course, to the thousands of years of knowledge that these terpenes, beyond smelling nice, interact with the body in different ways. Marijuana has been cultivated and loved and tended and bred to the point where we have all of these different varieties of pot, these different strains of marijuana that taste different and smell different, but they also give you different effects. And because of legal marijuana, because all of this marijuana has to be sent to labs anyway to be tested for, um, you know, they're making sure all of this weed is as clean as they can. And it's all being tested for THC levels so it can be dosed appropriately. They're also testing for terpenes. And so these companies are offering you products like, do you want a light perky brain high or would you like a no brain high body relaxing experience? And when you walk into these stores, there are trained professionals called, brace yourself, bud tenders. <laughs> the industry still has a bit of a sense of humor. Um, Bud tenders um, are trained, or buddistas, I've also heard it called, buddistas, um, <laughs> are trained to talk to you and say, so what's going on? What kind of high do you want? And I've walked in and said, I want to do some great writing. Give me a good mental high. Or I've said recently when my neuropathy and pain in my body was my primary issue, and I wasn't even worried about getting high, I just wanted to stop hurting, I was able to say, I'm having severe neuropathy, what do you have? And they could give me a tincture that, by the way, and I know this episode is getting long, I guess I have a lot to say about weed. Um, after I was diagnosed, I was super sick. I was in a huge amount of chronic pain. It was starting to really affect our family, my mood, my ability to work. 
Um, I got a high medicinal tincture, um, a high potency medicinal tincture, I should say, um, from Oregon, recommended for neuropathy. And within two weeks, I'd only taken a quarter bottle of this little dropper bottle. Um, within a few weeks, my pain was almost gone and my insulin use, so the pharmaceutical hormone I used to control my metabolism as a type 1 diabetic had halved. My blood sugar was so good, my endocrinologists were just giving me high fives at the office. <laughs> and I had to say to them, like, look, I have been using cannabis medicinally, which is funny for me because I've always used it kind of more recreational, but now that I know probably medicinally too. But um, I've always loved pot, but only in the past couple of years has it actually become conscious medicine for my pain, for my diabetes. And it's turning out to be a phenomenal tool for people, so again, to zoom out, so for people with epilepsy and seizures, cancer, pancreatic cancer, which is one of the beasts that just ravages people, they're having amazing success with this brain cancer, which is on the rise. It seems that there's compounds in cannabis that are super effective. So there's all this medical research going on. There's all this commercialism going on. So that means that this is now available as a tool for couples who want to have better sex. Let's get to the sex again. Okay, so I hope we have painted the picture. Okay, so this is a powerful plant. It has so much to offer us. We're just beginning to map that. And now let's get high and have some fabulous sex. Okay, so we are going to now zoom out and talk about how to get high, how to relieve pelvic pain, how to use cannabis to have a better sex life on your own terms even if it's just the knowledge, like you're already on your way. Okay, we want to say a quick thank you to our friends at cloneawilly.com. Cloneawilly offers DIY at-home kits so you can make a silicone replica of your favorite genitals. We've talked a lot about the clone-a-cock sets, the clone-a-willy sets. Now I want to talk about clone-a-pussy. So with clone-a-pussy, you kind of fill this cup with a molding material and press it into your vulva, the external labia, the folds of your clitoris, the shape of your clitoris. And that is what you are going to get a beautiful silicone replica of. So this is more of a memento and less of a sex toy, but it ends up being a really empowering object because you now have a vulva that is your vulva that you can look at gaze at, notice the beauty of. Maybe you want to buy two kits and do one in repose when you are not aroused and notice what your clitoris looks like and then go have the best orgasm of your life and do a second kit and notice how much bigger your clitoris is. Are you a grower or a shower? You can see your own arousal in your molds. I don't know, just an idea. Buy two. <laughs> Go to cloneawilly.com and use the code PLEASURE for 20% off your entire order. You can get the clone-a-willies, the clone-a-pussies in a wide range of colors or even chocolate if you are so inclined. Come on, holiday gift, chocolate, Make pussy. a chocolate Come vulva. On. That's a match made in heaven. A gift you will <laughs> never forget giving or receiving. Go to cloneawilly.com and use the code PLEASURE for 20% off your entire order. All right. So we are going to now, we're going to zoom back out. We're going to talk about how to get high and have great sex. Or how to use medicinal CBD only so you never feel high at all. 
but you use the compound medicinally in your vulva or in your ass, we are going to talk about the options because that's what we have now. It's no longer like, hey, do you want a puff of this joint? And you don't even know what the joint is. That's kind of how pot had to be when it was illegal. Now that it's legal, we have so many options. We have, you can buy pot, you can buy vaporizers, you can buy tinctures, you can buy creams, salves, suppositories, lube, munchies, chocolate, potato chips, I could go on. (laughs) Like you can fill an emporium with the products that are now available. And some of that is just, hey, it's legal, let's make the most money we can. But a lot of it is actually dialing in specific experiences that you can curate with this plant's compounds. All right. So let's enter as sexual beings. Let's enter a pot shop as sexual beings. What are some of the ways you might use it? So the most obvious one is to get a little high together and have sex, right? Just as you would drink a bottle of wine or a glass of wine or a martini or whatever it is or a beer, you can use a little pot to get a little bit altered, have a little bit of fun and have sex in a little bit of an altered state. People have done this for thousands of years. Right. It is very natural and normal (laughs) to want to try that experience. And if you've never used it before, try just using the smallest amount. We're going to give advice to total newbies at the end. Um, But right, with the dosing that's now available. So if you do not live in a legal state, you are probably no more than a day's drive away from one. So pull up a map. I'll put some links in the show notes page. If you are new to this, go to a legal state so you can go into a dispensary and have this conversation and that get an Airbnb, like make this a destination. Anyway. If you can. Or, you know, get a friend to hook you up. Okay. Um, we should also just say federally, this is still illegal. If you're a federal employee or subject to drug testing, do this at your own risk. But for most of us, this is now available. So you can get high and have sex. And now with the different strains, you can get a little bit high, just like a little bit, you know, light in your body, or, you know, you can go all the way and like spend a weekend altered, right? Just with alcohol, you can have a sip of wine or drink the whole bottle or go way too far. And we all have different relationships to that too far. So, you know, proceed slowly. So if you just want to use pot to kind of lower your inhibitions, alter your body a little bit, and enter sex a little bit stoned, there is nothing wrong with that. And it can just be a really great way to like unwind at the end of a work week. And and even you might have a preference. One of you might have a drink. One of you might have a joint. You share both. You figure out what feels good in your body. And it can be as simple as that. And we want to just say like this conversation of lowering your inhibitions Alcohol is so overused to coerce and actually override your body's wisdom. It's not about lowering your inhibitions anymore. It's about doing things you wouldn't do sober. When I say that, I mean like distracting yourself just enough that you forget about your sick friend and the to-do list on the fridge and you can just be in a Friday night and just be like, all right, I'm here now. I'm getting a little bit altered. We're going to have some fun. Like for some people, it's just that changing of the gear. And I think we know this with alcohol, right? Who are the people that have modeled that ability to just have a drink or two and have fun, but stay responsible? 
they're not apologizing for their behavior and they know when they've gone too far and then do apologize, right? What is accountable use of intoxicants? And I say that as a, you know, person raised by alcoholism. Okay. Um, so responsible use and with marijuana, with edibles, a lot of people don't want to smoke and the image of smoking or the bringing of smoke into their lungs is kind of like, that's what stops them. And so they go to edibles. But the thing with edibles is it takes way longer. And it used to be edibles were made by, you know, your friend Jane and you had no idea how much weed was in them. And so I remember clearly walking up a street in San Francisco, realizing I had had way too much. And when you realize you've had way too much on an edible, it's far too late and you have to ride that out. So that has given edibles kind of a bad name. Edibles are now dosed so specifically within these legal contexts that each square of chocolate has the same amount of THC that's on the label. And you can compare that to the gummy bear you ate last week, right? And so you can learn, I can have one dose and this is how I will feel within a range, right? And so it's much safer now to start small and you literally eat one gummy bear and then start doing a little dancing or massage or hanging out and you slowly feel the effects of it coming on and it can be so gentle that soon you're just kind of giggling and that massage is feeling extra good and you're off, right? So this can be super gentle and super sweet. Um, or maybe you're going to get pretty high and put on some like really intense music and like dance around and be a little bit like wild and primal together. A lot of us adults don't get the chance to party very much. And so if you in high school like loved going to big stadium concerts and like dancing to big music, maybe you want to have a bunch of friends over and all get high and like put on music loud and dance in the living room, like clear the furniture. Like, could you go there with your group of friends? And this is another place to evaluate, like how safe is your body and kind of moving and playing and being intoxicated? Or do you go to cocktail parties where you're all like sitting politely on the couch and having very like polite conversation? And is that satisfying to you? Some of us use different intoxicants to access different parts of ourselves. Charlotte talked about getting high in the woods. That's one of our favorite things to do is especially, you know, we live in California or if we're on the coast, go somewhere beautiful in nature and have that gummy bear as you're walking up the trail. And then you get to the summit and you're breathing hard. You've had some good exercise and you can make out high at the top of a mountain trail. Do not drive for many hours and you right? have a perfectly safe, beautiful experience. Right. Make sure you have food and water in your car, right? Like you plan for this and you intend for it. And as adults, we need these escapes. We need these moments of altered reality to access something other than the daily grind. And this can be a tool for that. Okay, so there's that way of using pot to have sex. We also now have things that we can apply CBD directly to our genitals and anuses. So CBD, again, is the anti-inflammatory, the painkiller, the relaxing, the anti-anxiety properties of marijuana. And we can now put that in lube, in these beautiful, high-quality lubricants. We can put that in vaginal suppositories. And these suppositories are also beautiful in the anus. 
And what this is, it is high quality oil infused with cannabis and sometimes other plant compounds. And you, I just did this the other day in preparation. You're welcome, folks. I put in a vaginal suppository um, as research. Charlotte and our daughter were out for the day, so I slipped one in. And as a heavy user, um, I was waiting to pay attention to like what was going to happen. And what happens, it turns out CBD is really good topically, meaning in a solve, in a cream, in an oil that goes where it hurts, oh, right? Yeah. There are pills you take that work in your whole body system, and then there are medicines we put where it hurts. So if you have your knee is hurting, you might put an oil on your knee to be absorbed by the skin, and we must honor the skin for how active it is, how absorbent it is. The skin is a beautiful barrier that can also absorb medicine directly to where it hurts. And what they're discovering is CBD really works well when put where it hurts. So if you have any pelvic inflammation, and it turns out so many of us do, if you have menstrual cramps, if you have pain during sex that's related to vaginismus, that tightening upon penetration, um, if the pelvis is inflamed at all, try this. Put some CBD up into your, and they instruct you to put this little suppository. So it's just a little soft bullet, basically. And you tuck it up next to the cervix and it starts melting with your body heat. And so all of that medicine gets delivered right into the pelvic musculature. And what I noticed, it's amazing warmth and a flooding of blood, which we know blood flow itself is so healing. Like that's how the body delivers its nourishment to the body, to all of your cells. So blood flow, warmth, relaxation, vaginal tenting. So you know how when you get aroused, the vagina changes shape? I was noticing that vaginal tenting is what it's calling, that opening and this, this, um, this feeling of blooming, I, I want to call it, my vagina is not a flower, but that opening, that swelling, that warmth. Um, and it was a really pleasant experience. And I masturbated, I had a couple nice orgasms, but it was just that ex feeling of relaxation where it mattered, right? Like deep right in those vaginal muscles, in the pelvic muscles, it was just this, ah, and what they're finding is especially menstrual cramps, painful sex, people who have tried all of the other options, who have been experiencing very intense pain are having amazing results with this. So much so that Foria, who's the main producer, there's also Quim Rock, which is a San Francisco woman-owned company. Um, Foria is partnering with the Harvard Medical School on a study right now um, for the application of CBD to menstrual pain. And so if you're actually a woman who has experienced this, you can go to the link, we'll put it in the show notes page and register to be part of this study. And remember, CBD is legal in all 50 states. They can ship it through the mail to you. It's that legal, it can go through the mail. Um, and you can use these suppositories um, on the days you know you have menstrual pain and see what happens. So this is another way. And then the lube, right? So that's the use for like pain or addressing chronic tension. And of course, we want to look at the 
the roots of the tension, the roots of the pain and continue to work with the pelvic therapists, continue to work on relaxation techniques, right? This is just one tool. Um, pot lube. So they now have lube that has a mixture. You can do CBD only lube or you can do THC lube and literally get your pussy high, get your cock high, put it in your ass and it creates vasodilation. So THC also creates an extreme vasodilation. That's why stoners often have bloodshot eyes. That image is because of the vasodilation, meaning increased blood flow. Um, so it turns out to be a great ally for sex, which is really all about blood flow and bringing more blood to the genitals, therefore more sensations. So using this lube, it's warming, it's herbal, it smells good, and it feels really good on the genitals. People use it in all different combinations. It's edible. Um, although, so there is a cannabis sexuality coach. Her name is Ashley Manta. If you guys have questions more after this episode, let us know. We can bring her on for an interview. Um, but that's where we are as a culture, right? Like she makes her living as a cannabis sexuality coach. 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 <laughs> a cannabis sexuality coach at this intersection and coaching people on how to do this. Um but she warns that if you use this lube that has THC in it and then do things like cunnilingus or blowjobs, you can get one another high, right? So eating this lube will have effects, right? So this just becomes part of your sex play. Um, so this can look so many different ways. It can be a little sip of wine and a joint at the beginning of a, just a relaxing night and then you have sex and it's wholesome and no worries. It can be a wild exploration of your primal sensual nature as you get very altered together. And if you have a weekend together, an alternative to a lot of alcohol use would be to bring some cannabis into your weekend, right? If you're in a hotel room for a weekend, you're not driving, you have the luxury of being in your bodies and having an altered experience, this is one tool. And people are, there's weed tourism, so there's campgrounds you can now go to and smoke weed. There's music festivals. There's whole um, gourmet dinners where a Seattle chef will cook you a 10-course meal. You can go to a sex party around an L.A. pool where they will serve you cannabis and little sensual treats and tents. Right. There are all of this different industries sprouting up. We're in America after all. But there's an industry that offers you experiences around this. And especially if you're a newbie, talk to people who know what they're talking about. And they're all going to say, start small, start with a small dose and pay attention. And you'll find out what kind of high you like. Do you like your body to feel like it's soaring through space? Or do you like it to feel warm and cozy like it's wrapped in a blanket? You can get high and turn your energy towards those creative pursuits that maybe you haven't picked up since you were a teenager. You pick up the drumsticks again and remember what it feels like to be, you know, in the garage pounding on the drums or you start painting again or you start talking with your friends and remember how good it feels to tell stories or right like it wakes up a creative part of yourself. You'd think I was hired by the marijuana gods to yeah. be an advocate here. <laughs> but I guess like in my life, it's been a really useful tool. I'm a proud marijuana user. And I haven't talked a lot about it publicly because it has had a stigma. Mm. And just circling back to the beginning of the episode, 
what do you know now that you didn't know at the beginning of the episode about this plant, about its availability, about its possibilities, about the range of experiences available to you? And I hope we have painted that picture of what's available to you. You get high as a kite or you can just relieve that joint pain that's been bothering you. And it's like another solve to try. S-A-L-V-E, plant medicine, right? Like maybe it will work for your arthritic pain and that being out of pain makes you a little cheerier for your husband. That could be its solution for you. Or you make it high and write the next masterpiece. I don't know, right? Like I don't know how this is going to look like for you in your life. I know what it's looked like for us. Um, there have been years on end I haven't smoked. By the way, like when I lived in North Carolina, I was not going to knock on our neighbor's doors and be like, got any weed? <laughs> like I have a responsible use with it. I've gone in and out of different phases, but it is such an amazing tool for me on all these levels. And now medicinally, recreationally, spiritually, all of it. So if you have any questions about cannabis, I'm happy to answer them. The best place to do that is on our Patreon page. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics, all one word patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics yes um find us join us a dollar a month we've been getting a lot of three dollars a month which is a lovely i love threes um (laughs) join us at whatever level you can to support and sustain us um we are finishing off our year on this lovely trusty microphone that has been with us for hundreds of episodes i often make the joke two girls one mic And we are upgrading our studio equipment. We are going to take some time over the holidays. We are getting some new technology and we are going to be coming at you in 2019 with a deeper, richer, fuller sound, I hope. Um, That's been in the works for a few months and it is made possible through our Patreon, patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. I will answer any of your questions about weed. We will have a bunch of links in the show notes page. It's your last opportunity to participate in our listener survey, pleasuremechanics.com slash survey. Sound off. Tell us what you love. Tell us how we can grow with you and join if you want to enter to win an awesome gift at the end of the year. And what else? I hope this has been useful for you no matter where you are on the spectrum. If you get high and have the best sex of your life, I would love to hear about it. Tell me. Um, And I would also love to hear from people who this was actually challenging for and push some of your buttons. Tell me how I did in addressing this topic for you. Because just like sex, there's a lot of stigma and social constructed ideas about weed. So how did we do holding this topic for you? We love you. We are glad you are listening. We have such a beautiful, diverse, passionate audience. I love hearing about who you are through the survey um, and getting to paint some of the pictures of your lives. Like, thank you for telling me your stories. I love you, man. (laughs) In my, in my stoniest voice, I love you, man. (laughs) And if I could sit at the top of a mountain with each of you and share a joint, man, I would love that. (laughs) Maybe we'll do that together sometime. All right. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. Charlotte would be off in the distance stretching. (laughs) Some of you would come with me. Come stretch and uh-huh. dance. Yes. <laughs> We're going to get sign-ups for the retreat we have not planned yet, my love. That sounds really fun, actually. Um, California 2020. Yeah. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye.